Hey everyone, this podcast is part of Story Mode, the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. You can support us and gain access to other great exclusive podcasts at patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash g-a-m-e-f-u-l-l-y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Did you call me Leo Getz? I did. Joe Pesci and Lethal Weapon? Uh-huh. All right. Remember? Because he kept saying, okay, okay, okay. He does. Uh-huh. Hi, everyone. Hello, everyone. <laughs> My name is David Bell. My name is Tom Ryman. And we just watched Wrist Cutters, A Love Story. Cute. Wrist. I'm trying to get Wist. the W in there. Wrist. 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 Soon after I killed myself, found a job here at Kamikaze Pizza. Who could think of a better punishment, really? Everything's the same here, it's just a little worse. You offed with the guitar? It was wild. Iggy Pop almost came to see that gig. I was missing Desiree. I think it was Desiree's suicide that really hit me. What? She offed herself about a month after you. She's not in the city. Worst case scenario, we just take a ride, right? We? You got anything better to do? It's hard. It's it's difficult, yeah, but you know it's there. You guys yeah. know it's there. Uh, folks, this is from our, our, our Patreon, which means this is brought to you by uh, a new name. A new name's on the board, Tom. Uh-oh. Uh, Mad Mobala. Mad Mobala. Fun story about Mad Mobala is that when they first sent me their name, they accidentally uh, typed it wrong, mm-hmm. and it was Mad Mo Balls. <laughs> And then, and then when they're like Bala, I was like, oh, okay. Aww. <laughs> Mad Mo Balls would have been so pretty dope, but I had that's to say fine. Mad Mo Balls at least once. Yeah, yeah. Mad uh, Mo Balls would have been dope, but that's fine. Yeah, this is a so this is a film from two thousand six. Yes, that I never saw. Tom, had you seen it? Yes, I have seen it. I actually own the DVD somewhere. Oh, interesting. I got it. I, I bought a used copy from Blockbuster when they were cleaning out their inventory. Ooh, I know that. I know that game. Oh, yeah. I have a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, that was an incredible time uh, when Blockbuster had to get rid of it all. Yeah, I got a lot of Blu-rays in that time. It was pretty oh, dope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was like all over that shit. Yeah. Tom, Tom, what did you think of this movie? Um, I think it's okay. Like it's, I I like a lot of things about it. I think, I think the ending's kind of a mess. Uh huh. Um, but I like most of it, even though there are parts that are just so indie that it's like okay. Well, <laughs> but okay. like this is what's interesting to me is that when I when I heard of this movie, mm-hmm. if I had known it was two thousand six, I probably would have been more optimistic because I thought I wasn't going to be able to stand this movie. Oh, uh, well, no, it's I, definitely, it's definitely, it's completely tolerable. Like it's, uh, I even well, enjoy I just, most of it, but I was going to say, I like it. It's the indie that I like, mm-hmm. um, including the, uh, uh, shit. What's the actress's name? Uh, it's, it's Shannon, Shannon something. Shannon Sossaman. Mm-hmm. Like the moment I saw her, I was like, oh, it's this, this era of indie. It's that era of indie. Yeah. Which, oh, which is, it's, which is its own kind of obnoxious, but. Oh yeah. It's just um, the kind that personally. I like because I was at the right age for it. You know, I yeah, think of sure. uh, 
yeah, rules of attraction. Rules I of think attraction. Of, um, yeah, absolutely. Just any anything with her in it, I guess. Uh, forty days uh, and forty nights is uh-huh. very well. That like was that. indie, but yeah, like like Amelie. Oh yeah, it did have indie vibes and I like think, Napoleon Dynamite. Days. Yeah, uh, like, but this like is that kind of shit. It's a weird way to start, but this movie isn't uh, the insufferable that I thought it was going to be. I also enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it's not. Like I said, I enjoy most of it. I just, I think the ending is kind of a mess. Yes, because I will say the biggest problem, I guess we should explain what the movie is about, because this was Mm -hmm. another thing where I had no fucking idea what this movie was about. I just knew the title, and Mm -hmm. I thought the title was terrible. And just looking at the cover, it also has like a... A cover that looks like a lot of other movies. Uh, Which cover? Is it the cover of... It's like the white, all white infinity background with like with them, them leaning on the road. side. Po- yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. There's a, there's a different one that's slightly better that's just of like like a painted hand, like a chalk outline with a, a like a broken, like a oh, snapped okay. off wrist. And that's slightly better. Yeah. This is um, about the afterlife where it's exclusively people who have killed themselves. Yeah. Um, and it, it creates one, I thought was a, I guess fun is the right word for it, game in the movie, which is people guessing how everybody else off themselves. Yeah, and uh, pretty much anyone with a speaking role that you're introduced to, you it, like it shows you what happened to them. Yes. Not everyone, uh, but most people. And the way the afterlife is, is that it's not hell, uh it's it's just kind of shitty yeah it just Uh, sucks it's like it's all the shittiest parts of california which is where they filmed it yeah it's every everything is kind of ugly or -hmm. it's everything is meant to be ugly um and i feel like hyperbole is real like in uh, the way that like the car like everything that sucks that like a cynical person hates about the world is true like the guy's car where he's like everything gets lost under the seat yeah it's, and it's a literal black it's hole a literal under black the seat. hole yeah or the lights don't work and it's like an actual mystery where his headlights just don't work no matter what mm-hmm. uh it, it's stuff like that where like the everything is is designed to look very ugly yes um which i i have to comment on this because it's my f- my first observation watching is i disagreed I really like the environments in this, uh, which is, I guess, weird to say, but there's a lot of environments that I was like, oh, I want to go there. Huh. Yeah, it's kind of weird. That is Um, weird. I think you're in the minority there because when they're in the city part of it, it's just, it's like the poorest industrial area. Yes. Um, Like the the shitty factory side of town. I have a heavy amount of... And this is, it's because of where I'm from. I have a heavy, there's an amount of like mystique for me when it comes to desert slums. One of my favorite things I got to do when we were working at Cracked was go to Slab City and like hang out for the weekend. And it was just like, it's it's just a really like weird art space and like kind of slummy Mm -hmm. and like kind of just being in the desert at night, I found very beautiful and unique and like an alien planet it's got a real burning man feel so yeah. like when they were at tom waits's compound yeah. i was like well this is heaven like i would love to be on a compound with tom waits where he's spritzing uh like roosters yeah he's, well, he's yeah he's spraying a turkey in the face with water telling it drink it yeah it's just like this is great you're gonna want you're gonna drink up yeah 
I get it though. I get it. It's supposed to be like right. These are... I, I will say, having lived in the California desert for the past two years, it's not that magical. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Specifically in a in a desert slum, like I lived in Bakersfield last year, which is one of the right. poorest areas of California. Right. Again, um, it's me almost like fetishizing an area that a lot of people. It's a hundred percent you Christ. fetishizing the area. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah no, clear. I get it. <laughs> No, but it is, I think, it is pretty I think, at night, though. Yeah, I think some people know what I'm saying, which is that it's just pretty areas at night. Like I love, I love weirdness. Like I've I've yet to go to Burning Man, and it sounds like I sort of missed it. Like it sounds like it's not it's not cool anymore. Uh, but like those environments where it's just like like when they're like we're walking through the woods to go look at this cult compound. And it's so weird and it's like feels like it's out of a dream. And that's mm-hmm. sort of the point, you know, like the movie is kind of dreamlike. Yes. It uh, has it has dream logic. Yes, and it's kind of supposed to. Yeah, right, cuz it's in like a it's in like a it's a purgatory basically. It's like a way station. Yeah. Um where it's just it's yeah, it, it it's it's I I had said uh before we started recording that it reminded me a little bit of Beetlejuice, not in the look or the or the the fan the more fantastical elements but just in the sense that the afterlife is pretty mundane yeah purgatory is a good word for it because there's a sense that everybody there feels like they're waiting for something or that Mm -hmm. there's something else uh and i the thing that you talked about the ending i think the biggest problem is that i didn't really understand what the message was ultimately um maybe i just oh i do I'm not thinking about it enough. Mm-hmm. Or I guess, well, what what did you take from it? Um, I the the met. I mean, I think the definitely the surface message is um, like suicide is not an escape. Yes, the, the um, idea is everybody's miserable and everybody's and the same. miserable, yeah. <laughs> um, and like all the people there, pretty much just kind of miss being alive, and and they they can really feel the sort of problems that they cause for people when they when they kill themselves right i guess Um, it's the ending where i'm like i'm not sure why this is the ending Um, i don't know like if it's i guess we're gonna spoil it i mean they i guess they they get to have a second chance yeah and so you can interpret that as they're just both like you can interpret that as these are two people who are just always in like the idea is the, uh, the two main characters. The other one is the kid from Almost Famous, Patrick uh, Fugit. Ah, he's they, actually he's in The Last of Us too. Yes, he is. He plays. Uh-huh. He uh, plays Owen. <laughs> Owen, yeah, it's yeah. fucking weird. I looked yeah. up him up and I was like, huh. Uh, they they both like uh, she wants she thinks it's a mistake and that she didn't she didn't kill herself. She OD'd. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is like pining for the woman that. I guess is his it was his current current girlfriend his ex girl like the the implication I, is that she broke up with him and he killed himself over it yeah. basically the opening is is a is a decent opening it's him just cleaning his entire mm-hmm. apartment before killing before himself. he kills himself yeah because I the implication is that he wants it to look nice when people find him like yeah. when his parents inevitably find him or whoever yeah although he does mention that he hasn't spoken to his parents in a while so yeah um so he he finds out that she also took her life after he died and so it's him because he runs into jake Busey. he does uh, run into jake there's some incredible 
you oh couldn't, my you God. couldn't call them cameos because um I guess Jake Busey you could because people knew who he was at that point. But there's like people like Mark Boone Jr. who shows up. Who's um, that? Uh, he plays Flass in Batman Begins. He's the mechanic in the wheelchair. Oh, okay. Then there's the guy who's the hitman in Intolerable Cruelty. I don't know his name. Uh, there's, of course, uh, the neighbor in the X-Files episode, Arcadia, mm-hmm. is his roommate. I don't know any of these people's names except um, for Jake Busey. Uh, Clayne Crawford plays the the other the weird mechanic and he played Riggs on the Lethal Weapon TV show oh yeah of course uh, Nick Offerman as Nick a cop. Offerman plays a nameless cop yeah yep. John Hawks is John in there Hawks is all over think, this movie I think he's in everything yeah. uh, Tom Waits and I would argue the weirdest one Will Arnett Will Arnett yeah uh, because this was like pre-arrested development right no this is after arrested development it's after arrested development that makes it weirder it, the arrested development aired in 2003 i have no sense of time that's yeah. crazy yeah um, I, I think will arnett was their get quote unquote oh i feel like they were just like will arnett do you want to do a scene with tom waits and he's like yeah yeah i do yeah. do you want to do you want to stab yourself in the heart atop a weird fake castle absolutely yeah. 100%. Um, it's that a very a, it's it's a very job like role i see why they i see why they gave it to him <laughs> yeah. that feels like something job would do 100 percent. uh that's why they offered it to him because he played a shitty magician on television so it's like do you want to be a shitty cult leader who's like wrong yeah. about everything <laughs> so the implication with the girlfriend is that she she joined a cult after he killed himself yes and then it's a cult suicide and those are the cultists after killing themselves so yeah he he learns that his girlfriend is also in the afterlife so he goes to find her uh and then he meets a uh before this he meets a a russian uh like rock singer yeah who who, is fucking shay wiggum who is that he looked very familiar oh man he's in a lot of things (laughs) um uh i think most recently he's one of the two detectives and joker oh no shit um he's in kong skull island that was pretty recent oh good for him um he's in he's in waco he's in that movie where he plays a fake pastor and michael shannon's onto him i forget the what quarry. it was called the quarry, the quarry. yeah yeah it's fucking shay wiggum oh, man he's, yeah. he's, he's he's one of my dads he's one of my hollywood dads <laughs> oh okay good for him he exudes oh, yeah. he, he exudes in, dad energy he was in first man uh yeah, he's in good, a lot of stuff good for him mm-hmm. yeah all right well yeah he's like a weird i'm looking up the other guy yeah both both the leads are in first man i don't know what that means patrick uh patrick Fugit. Fugit. yeah he was also in fucking first man mm-hmm. i don't know what's going on here i don't know what any um, of that means yeah <clears throat> but yeah uh they meet they go on a road trip because he's just like helping him out and he's this Russian guy whose entire family killed themselves. Yep. Uh, he, he killed himself on stage by electrocuting himself uh, mm-hmm. with his guitar. His brother took pills. His mother like took herself off life support, it looked like. Yes. Uh, and his dad hung himself. And they're all kind of like related to each other's deaths. And so they're living together. Uh, and uh, yeah, he goes on this road trip to find this guy's girlfriend yeah desiree is uh yeah and he just sort of knows like it's very dream logic there where they just sort of get in a car and go Mm -hmm. because he's like i know she's not in the city i just can feel it and then he just sort of like wanders around yeah uh, and then they pick up this hitchhiker and she's the one who od'd and she's looking for the people who run everything and 
in the end they they he finds his his ex-girlfriend and she's kind of like part of this cult and she's a little like uh uh she's too far gone kind of yeah she's she's a she's a a cult member (laughs) yeah and so it it doesn't work out there and then he uh it this is where that doesn't stick the landing because she meets the people in charge and they're like you're right it was an accident well the people Um, in charge it's this is yeah this is kind of where it gets weird is the people in charge show up um and the cultist tried to kill himself yeah disperse everyone and i'm not quite sure why i guess it's because they're trying to kill themselves because they all everybody has like a cup of kool-aid well, Will right. Arnett's up there with a dagger. I guess that's the, it's not clear why they show up no. is, is, is part of why the ending is, is weird to me. Yeah. They first go to Tom Waits compound, AKA heaven. And he's telling like weird stories about trees. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it's exactly the type of experience you'd expect on a compound with Tom Waits. Right. It's just probably just Tom Waits hosting a party in his backyard. Yeah, and they just filmed it, and now then they built a, a movie around here's it. Here's a story about a fake tree, and this, this yeah. one was straight, and the other one was curvy, you understand? And, and the, the straight tree told the, uh, the, 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 the crooked tree that it was crooked, and it would never be straight. And then this is, is basically the scene. <laughs> that is the scene. And that's why I was like, I want to live here. This is great. You got bunk beds, you got Tom Waits. Yeah, uh, I would I would fishing. put Tom Waits before the bunk beds, but yeah. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> you got Tom Waits, you got bunk beds, you got chickens. Chickens. Uh he has a dog. They start performing like casual miracles there. Right, yeah, that's the, the there's there's a hint that Tom Waits is like some kind of angel. Yeah. Uh, because people just randomly are able to do I- I- inconsequential miracles at his camp. Right, except for our lead character who's like frustrated that he doesn't do any mm-hmm. uh and then and then they they hike over it, it again it's like dream logic because it's also like and then this happens and then this happens and then this happens because mm-hmm. what happens is he's looking for his dog uh and and they find out that the dog is over at another compound of this other guy performing miracles uh and they walk for like a day to go there they follow john hawks mm-hmm and then they go to the compound and it's like kind of a party uh, and he runs into his, he sees his ex. And then I, yeah, I don't understand because like, first of all, they all go to kill themselves and then uh, basically uh, Tom Waits like calls it in and he turns out to be a person in charge. Yeah. And they all skydive in. But like, I imagine that people have probably tried to kill themselves. Well, if you remember... Earlier in the movie, while they're driving through the desert, he see uh, uh, our main character Patrick Fugit sees they some, see the sky some of the skydivers. Yeah. So the implications that every time someone tries to do this, they stop it, or they try Which, to, because they clearly I, did. They clearly didn't stop Will Arnett. <laughs> yes, that's true, and that that feels like a bug in the system because I want to know, like, okay, what happens to them if they die in that world? Uh, they clearly don't care that much about it. Like that should be like a that should be built in. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like you're already dead. You try to kill yourself. You just get hurt, you know? Uh, yeah. You, I, yeah. I think I don't know. It's again, it's dreamlike. It's very dreamlike. Yes. Um, and I keep saying that because the alternate theory is that it never happened. Is that at the end, basically, uh, uh, the, oh, I, the think, lady, I, think, I think both are true. Yeah. The OD lady gets taken off, taken away by the people in charge and they, uh, 
and they he finds out like yeah it was a mistake for her and then he's just sort of alone and he's because his russian friend meets a woman and they go off together and so he's just like driving home and he reaches under the car seat and gets sucked under the car seat which was like that felt very non sequitur kind uh, of i cuz he drops uh his russian he, he drops shay wiggum's band's tape under the seat and it's yeah. like the last connection he has to any of his friends there mm-hmm. um so he goes chasing human connection and falls into the black hole that he knows is there yeah um but the tape was too important to him so and i then, think yeah go ahead oh and it's just gonna keep going where he's like in that void and mm-hmm. then it it's john it's tom waits uh in like a big filing room which is i assume like a heaven-like place there's feathers yes uh he he's takes, exuding he's exuding feathers which is like another hint that he's an angel uh, yeah it's an angelic thing mm-hmm. He takes his file, the main character's file, and he leaves with it. And he says something like, oh, you have friends in powerful places. And then it ends with the main character waking up in a hospital. He never died. He attempted to kill himself. And next to him is the other, the woman. uh, Shannon Sossaman. Yeah. Yeah. The love interest. And they look at each other and they smile. So, like, you could imply from that that he never, it's just like an Alice in Wonderland dream that he had while he was at the hospital right i think both are true like i think it's like a last temptation of christ sort of device like it's a vision he had of we don't know how much time because they keep referencing how much time has passed and it keeps increasing even though maybe only five or ten minutes of the movie has passed so again it's very dreamlike yeah um so he experiences like i don't know an eternity um in a few seconds or, a, you know, a few minutes or however long it took to get him to the hospital and revive him. So I, I think both things yeah, are true. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. yeah. But there's the question, of course, and I, again, I know this is the point, is that did it, did his dream uh, control what happened to him in real life? Or did it just coincide, you know, where they saved his life and he had this dream? I, I mean, I, again, I think that's the point. I yeah, think that's the more, point. Yeah. I think the idea is in the world of this movie, it's legitimately the afterlife. Mm-hmm. And he was saved. And yeah, it's the idea that time doesn't matter. So it's all happening. Yeah. Within minutes of, you know, him attempting suicide. Yes. The idea that she's also in the hospital implies that it's somehow preordained then because um, if she od'd and she you know what i mean like unless their bodies in proximity to each other has something to do you know like uh, if you went through the hospital all those people would be there in the hospital maybe that um could be part of it it could be or it could just be a you know yeah a story <laughs> i'm applying i'm applying like hardcore logic to it but yeah. i think it's because the ending is it's a very specific thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's next to the woman that he was also in the afterlife with. Yes. That's a hell of a coincidence. Yeah. So I want to, I want to understand it. I don't know. I, um, I'm challenging God to explain <laughs> this, explain this to me, Tom Waits. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's just, I don't know. I think it's also mixing in elements of like Alice in Wonderland and the Wizard of Oz, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. Where it's like he, she wakes up and she's like, and you were there and you were there and you were there. Like maybe he subconsciously saw her next to him. And that's how. Because she doesn't appear until halfway through the movie almost. 
Are you telling me that is the Wizard of Oz the afterlife? Maybe. Is that the idea? Dorothy died, her heart stopped for sure. like a little bit. If you if and, that's what you want if that's the direction you want to take this conversation in, sure. <laughs> well, no, it's just like, yeah, maybe. I mean, it's it's the same sort of dream logic, you know? I mean, yeah. that's that's all I'm saying is maybe he just saw her there and that's why she showed up in his Right. Um but also clearly some of her cuz she recognizes him, so clearly there is some sort of supernatural or spiritual thing going on there. But um, I would want to know, like if I were that guy waking up, the first thing I would want to know is did my girlfriend kill herself, my ex? Cuz that would confirm it, right? Yeah. Cuz you couldn't have known that otherwise. But that see these are the you wouldn't know that. Okay, hold on. Oh, stay with me, Tom. Okay. Um, because the girlfriend killed herself because she joined a cult because he died right she kills herself a month after he dies right so she would still be alive theoretically so does that mean she's not dead in that afterlife anymore i don't know okay i just blew my mind tom mm-hmm. yeah you just blew your own mind man i don't know what yeah. to do with you i don't know because, how to help like, you with that because wouldn't that cause like a paradox uh i guess where, like, i mean <laughs> He didn't he didn't find his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, and then he wasn't looking for her. And then he, you know, and then that wouldn't that cert, that wouldn't have happened. Uh he wouldn't have found Tom Waits. Mhm. So, I don't know, it's a big uh, Tom Waits made a big like Tom Waits is going to get fired cuz I think he yeah. caused he just, a time he, just paradox. he just he just bent the laws of the universe. <laughs> right. Maybe that's why it's a black hole cuz going through a black hole might bend space and time sure so maybe it's an alternate version of his world in which he didn't die maybe it's got to be that right i don't know why you're doing this but yeah (laughs) (laughs) well no it's just like i'm i'm sorry i'm taking the rules as literal as possible Uh uh-huh like because the other the alternate theory has to be that there's no afterlife in this movie well that it was a dream the thing is is there aren't many clearly defined rules in this movie sure uh, so it's it's kind of very much open to interpretation <laughs> right um yeah that's fair yeah so i don't know what was your interpretation what i said already <laughs> all right that is just alice in wonderland rules or? alice in wonderland wizard of odd rules uh last temptation of christ rules where it's okay. just that was something he saw as he was dead now whether or not his ex-girlfriend um is still alive i don't know i didn't think that far to be honest right well wouldn't that conclude because i all right i guess i i'm sorry tom uh so what when you say it's like alice in wonderland or wizard of oz rules um i now have to ask what do you think happened in wizard of oz do you think that was all a dream maybe okay or she was just knocked the fuck out after a tornado and woke up in bed after having a crazy ass dream that's what i always assumed it was uh and then they added the sequel and it was like oh this is like a real place Mm -hmm. i guess the implication is that it's like a it's like a another realm that it always exists like the upside down that like if you suffer trauma you're able to sort of like like phase shift into it uh but since it doesn't work the reality there doesn't work the same as ours like she implanted just like familiar faces on the entities around her mm-hmm. in order to not lose her sanity while there right um sure 
Okay. <laughs> that well, that's the, that's the only version where it's like a real place. Otherwise, he's just had a dream. Um, okay. What? Like, I mean, yeah, I, it's, I, I well, with, <laughs> specifically with Wizard of Oz, what are the odds that she would go to another world where like she meets a scarecrow that coincidentally looks just like some dude she knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like it ha- it's a dream. It's got to mm-hmm. either be a dream or it's got to be like there's just something very weird happening. Yeah, uh, or it's that, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Peter Pan does the same thing. Where like in the uh, the the play, uh, Wendy's dad is supposed to be played by the same guy who plays Captain Hook. Um, I think it's meant to blur that line so you can't make a definite conclusion. Okay. I think if we really worked at it, I think we could figure this out. I mean, maybe if you want to crack this case, if you want to blow this yeah. case wide open. <laughs> 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 I just it's we it's a weird storytelling device. Um especially I when I don't, I don't think it's it's pretty like I've mentioned like five or six different No, no, no. I'm it's not uncommon. It's just weird when you think about it. Yeah. Isn't it? Like it's it's weird that we do it a lot. And like <clears throat> there's always like a weird sequel that's like it was all real, like Hook, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh and so yeah, when they true. make it like this very literal thing, then it's like maybe that's the problem is when they like they they like when Dorothy returns and like things are still happening and it's like well I don't fucking know what this is anymore. Yeah, I've got no fucking clue. Now there's a headless lady running everything. What the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, this is fucked up. So yeah, wrist cutters. Mhm. It uh it's a pretty I, I don't yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, it's totally fine. I mean, it's I don't know. Um I think we sort of talked through what my problem was with the ending, but I just wish that the the movie itself would have made it more clear so I didn't have to talk to somebody about it afterwards to be like, oh, okay, that must be what it is, you know? Right. Just just specifically the part of why do, why do the people in charge suddenly show up? I still don't quite... I guess it is the suicide. Well, again, yeah, like it's I guess, but like <laughs> it's both. It's both the strength of this movie, and I would argue the weakness is that because it's dream logic, that's a really cool device, especially when they do it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like a movie, uh, it doesn't remind me of, but similar is the movie Mother, which. I think I admitted this on another podcast. Being not a religious person, I didn't see like the obvious religious allegory that was yeah. happening in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. That is extremely obvious. But like just watching it as like, oh, this is a fucked up movie. It very much does like nightmare logic, where you're like, this feels like how nightmares are, uh, where like nothing makes sense, but it's all going in the wrong direction. It's very similar to that, where it's like, and then this, and then this, and then this, and you can't quite keep up with the logic. But for that reason, I feel like it's kind of a, um, it, it, it's kind of a, like a cheat at the end. Right, right. It's, it's, there is such a thing as, like, I, re- I totally respect when uh, uh, pieces of, of fiction, like novels or movies or whatnot, are like, well, it's, you know, they, it's open to interpretation. We're not going to say definitely one thing or the other. Um, but it totally can be a crutch. Yeah. 
um, where it's like, well, we just wanted to have this in there. And it's just that there's no rules here. And it's like, well, all right. But like, if there's right. no rules, then it's like really hard to to understand what the consequences and what the stakes are and like what, <laughs> right. how I should feel about what's happening. And the idea, like the message that, if the message is just suicide doesn't solve your problems, the their their reasoning is because look at this afterlife and how garbage it is. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it it's not saying that much through that message. No. Because it's like, yeah, you're right. If that's your afterlife, it should be more about like the people you leave behind or like, it, it, I guess what I mean is that for a subject that's that heavy, the movie doesn't say that much. That's uh, true. And so that's why I'm like, the, the, the message is like very surface level. Yes. And then when I was like, what is, is there a deeper meaning here? Are they trying to say something more? It really doesn't feel like they are. Uh, and it doesn't... I mean, I could be wrong, but like, like the black hole, like, and like Tom Waits and like, it's like, yeah, he's like an angel, but that's pretty much where it stops. I think uh, you could infer that it's about it. It's, it's message is that human connection is, is the main thing that drives us and feeds us, you know, spiritually <laughs> yeah. and emotionally, um, because that you was, still seek it out in the afterlife and it's no different. And that was what I thought would have been a, uh, I don't know if this is a better message because it might say something terrible, is I thought the message ultimately was going to be that they find love in each other and they make this miserable place happy. I think, them. yeah, they do sort of do that with Shea Wiggum's character, but we don't know what's going to happen to them. Like, yeah, maybe they come back to life too. I don't know. Um, yeah, and like because, they're rewarded then with life, and it's like right. I think that would be irresponsible. Maybe I don't know. Like, exactly. I don't think because, you should glamorize the 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 afterlife well, of people who kill themselves. I don't think. I think if they did it right, because the afterlife where they killed themselves, the analogy is that it's a place that's supposed to make you want to kill yourself, right? Like it's a miserable place they live in. Yeah. Uh, the environment, everything is designed to, you don't want to be there unless you're me and want to be on Tom Waits's compound. But you know what I mean? Right. It sort of forces <laughs> you to interact with people because you're like, well, fuck it. Nothing matters. Like, what do, like... Right. And I thought the message was going to be that this environment, which is the environment that a person with depression would like see the world in a way. Mm-hmm. would they would f- like the idea that human connection and finding something would make this miserable world worth it to them even though it's technically the afterlife you know what i mean yeah i thought it was going to be people finding finding a way to be, to keep going in this misery uh I but it's part of it sort yeah, of, well, yeah de- and, that's definitely a major part of it yeah and you could argue that's the idea of the purgatory which is that like they're rewarded with an actual afterlife or something once they found a reason to keep going but instead they just sort of reward them with and you get to live again and it's like oh that's i don't know it's weird yeah and 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 it's not necessarily bad and maybe what i'm arguing is (coughs) excuse me is bad because movies about the afterlife is always this shit like what um what's the robin williams one uh what What dreams dreams may may come come. where it's again where they start like stamping all these weird rules on the afterlife and it's like wait what the fuck are you even trying to say 
Well, to be clear, in What Dreams May Come, Robin Williams' character doesn't kill himself. Right, but his that's wife a, does. His wife does, and she's in hell. Yeah. And that's, and that's, it, a, that's a very big difference. We talked about um, this in Best Bad Movie, though, yeah. which was that it was so weird to me, whereas they are like, it's the afterlife, man, everything goes. And it's like a real hippie vibe. And then they're like, but if you kill yourself, you go to hell. You go to hell. And it was just like, Jesus. Like, that's a real biblical thing to have in this, like, hippy-dippy afterlife. Sure. Because, again, it's like a very... It's just some writer saying, this is what I think the afterlife is. Uh, and so I think when you have movies about the afterlife, it's if unless you're trying to say something very specific, uh, it just gets really weird. Yeah. Like, the rules. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because it's basically a writer saying that they're God. Which I guess all writers do when they're writing right. a story. And, and, but you know what and, I mean? Like, I mean, the, that's all the fucking Bible is, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a writer being like, well, here are the rules. Yeah, exactly. And so this was another one where it's like the moment they're going through the, down this road, I'm constantly being like, what are the writers trying to say about suicide and depression? And sometimes it, it might not be as deep as I wanted it to be. No, I, I, don't, I don't think it is at all. Yeah. I think it's just... <laughs> like i said it's it, it's its own type of obnoxious like i think yeah it's it's taking sort of um young adult nihilism yeah and uh sort of really uh, indulging it and like being and, and and trying to make it cool and interesting and shit and i think that's definitely part of it, it it's not it's not a totally insufferable movie and like i said i enjoyed no. most of it but i think you can definitely levy that criticism at it where it's like it's very you, you know like how after um pulp fiction came out like every indie movie was about hitmen right <laughs> having ironic conversations it's like all right settle it's down like, okay <laughs> like, yeah. there no, was this I, period I, in the 2000s where it was like it was just ironic nihilism was a thing yeah. and i did like it though and i i loved the look of it it reminded me of like 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 surrealist films i saw in the 70s mm-hmm. like it's not when i was in the 70s because i didn't exist but you know what i mean right. surrealist films like from that era mm-hmm. um like it had a real like the effects were very basic uh but effective yeah and like because it had this weird dream logic and this look to it it felt almost nostalgic to watch and, and oddly comforting okay um I think it's just because when in my life I was watching those movies too. Right. It's just, it's a, it's a, like, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I thought it was an oddly pleasant movie to watch considering the subject matter. Yeah. After that opening scene, which is pretty sad. Yeah. (laughs) But, but when you know what movie you're watching, the fact that you had, like I had asked you about this movie and you told me what it was. Mm -hmm. So when he kills himself at the beginning, I'm like, yeah, we wouldn't have a movie otherwise. So, right. But it's still, it's still sad. It's supposed to be sad. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, Oh (laughs) yeah. But Um, I, I guess what I'm saying is having known that I wasn't like shocked because you could, the way they designed the opening scenes, you, it could be interpreted as someone being like, I'm finally going to clean my room, get my life together, get my life together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the implication. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's yeah. that's definitely meant to be a misdirect. Yeah. Which is a good one. It's a... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know who I'd recommend this movie to. I just kind of enjoyed it. I mean, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely not bad. I mean, and it's on Hulu. Yeah. 
if you have Hulu, oh yeah, you it's just on watch Amazon it. Prime as well. Oh, if, uh, okay. if you have Prime, yeah, it's watchable. It's it's not a movie. Like I guess I'm not ready to say this is a good movie. Uh, just that I enjoyed the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Tom Waits sleeping in the road because yeah, of course that's where you'd in find the middle him. of the fucking highway. That's where you'd find Tom Waits. Yeah, and he'd wake up and be like, no, I'm just out <laughs> looking for my dog. Yeah. You see, I lost my dog, and I'm trying to trying to find him, and I don't know where he is. It's, it's perfect. Mm, that's Tom Waits sleeping in the desert highway. Yeah. That's what you get. That's what happens to you. It reminded me of buying drugs as a teenager, because when you buy drugs as a teenager, it's kind of like Alice in Wonderland, mm-hmm. where you like hear about a guy, and then you talk to this guy, and they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. no, I can hook you up. Let's just come with me. And you suddenly are in some guy's apartment, and then you realize it's not really his apartment, and then like he gets in a fight with someone else and then you leave with him and like you're not sure what you're supposed to be doing but you just want those drugs yeah so you're you're gonna you're gonna keep going and then you have to like help a guy find his dog and then all of a sudden people skydive down and will yeah, it's very lord of the himself. rings buying drugs <laughs> very, as a teenager lord of the rings as a teenager yeah. has there has anybody made a movie where it's just two teenagers trying to get some weed that feels like it it could i, I feel like they've like the white castles and the yeah. and the super bads have kind of done that already. Yeah, super bad is very much that to the point right. where, where what you just booze. described literally happens. Yeah. <laughs> they go with Dr- Joe Latrulio to a party and he gets oh, beat it's up. So good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that was the most accurate depiction of yep. being a teenager and being desperate for some sort of vice. Yep. Is like, yeah, you'll do fucking anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <coughs> you'll go to a compound with tom waits yeah God, fuck I, want I would that. do that anyway yeah i would do that 100 yeah. percent. it was one of those things where the moment that was happening i was like do you are you trying to make me think this is bad movie because no is, that part's supposed to be good oh you're right it sort of is isn't it because mm-hmm. he's like an angel mm-hmm. and he's like kind of helping these people find something oh yeah and that's when they all kind of come together and uh, you know the russian guy meets the the lady mm-hmm. uh and the, and the, and you know the bunk beds yeah bunk beds yeah. bro yeah they're great yeah yeah i guess that's my thoughts on this movie yeah you i don't have, have any anything else thoughts? to say about it yeah <clears throat> yeah it was uh i'm glad i saw it it sounds like you, yeah you already have seen it but i i, I wouldn't have never seen this movie otherwise yeah, it's uh, not it's not a movie that I forget why it popped up on my radar um all those years ago, but it's not a movie that many people have seen, I don't think. No, I don't think so. And I I do think some people would appreciate it. Yeah. Um so I don't know, check it out or don't. Yeah. Do whatever. I don't care what you do with your life. It's your life, man. It's not my business. Yeah. If Tom Waits invites you anywhere, go. Yeah, go, obviously. Even if Tom some, Waits walks someone, up to Some incredible journey you're about to embark on. Yeah, I don't care what he says. If Tom Waits walks up and he's like, hey, I want to bury you alive. You go with him. Yeah. You go with Tom Waits. I was thinking about trying to play baseball with a hedgehog. Yeah. You're like, well, fuck yeah. Well, yeah, we're going to do that. I mean, obviously, <laughs> lead the way, Tom Waits. Yeah, me and you. Yeah. Me and you, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you to Mad Mo Bala. Mad uh, Mo Bala. Thank you so much. Indeed. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, this was through our Patreon. So you can uh, 
check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed. We have exclusive podcasts there, like Tom and Jeff watch Batman, mm. and Fox Mulder is a maniac, mm. and we have tiers where you can uh, ask us to watch movies. Sometimes we'll like them, sometimes we won't. But we'll talk about them either way. That's that's a <laughs> that's guarantee. <laughs> yeah, you're guaranteed to get us talking mostly about the movie, sometimes about, you know, The Wizard of Oz. Sure. Um, we also have a store at tpublic.com slash store slash Gameplay Unemployed. We can get t-shirts, mugs, stickers, uh, posters, all kinds of stuff. Just check it out if you want to. And again, or not. I don't care. I don't care what you do with your life. It's your You life, make your decisions, bro. Yeah, just do whatever's in your heart or comes out of tom waits's mouth mm-hmm. do whatever you or tom waits tells you to do that's 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 my north that's my north star that's my guiding that's the, light i think it's in the bible yeah it is <laughs> <laughs>